Well, folks, um, we're looking at a reading today uh, from uh, the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 2. It's a familiar Christmas reading, and I'm going to read it to us now. It's from Luke 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's just pray as we begin today. Lord, thank you for your word that we've just heard, that points to and records this event in history, this moment that actually happened where you were born, where Jesus Christ was born, where everything changed. And we pray, Lord, that by your Holy Spirit, you would come now and speak to each one of us, whatever we come here with on our hearts or on our minds, whatever our longings, our desires, our fears, would you come and meet with us? And would we hear good news of great joy today? Amen. Amen. Well, we've been doing a series the last few weeks. You can actually catch them all on, online on any of your podcast providers, St. Peter's Notting Hill, if you'd like to. But a series looking at how in Advent... And to do with Christmas, everything, no surprises, but everything points to Jesus. We looked uh, at the start of that on how the universe itself points to Jesus. I mean, this beautiful creation, the world, the stars, the galaxies, you know, the David Attenborough type uh, documentaries, which as I watch them, I'm like, wow, what an amazing God. That the universe, I believe, suggests that there must be a creator. And at Christmas, what we see that first Christmas is that the universe seems to point to Jesus. After all, the wise men followed a star, right? So we looked at that a few weeks ago. Then we looked at how uh, the spiritual realm points to Jesus. Very popular nowadays, isn't it? For people to say, I'm spiritual but not religious. People are more and more open to the idea of there being more than meets the eye deeper realities to this world and universe we live in. Well, friends, there is. There is a spiritual realm, an invisible realm. 
And many people of, of different faiths or none would still believe that there are angels in that realm. Which is interesting because what do the angels say? What do they or who do they point to that first Christmas? They come pointing to this baby, announcing this good news. So the spiritual realm points to Jesus. Then last week, uh, Jonathan spoke on how uh, the Bible points to Jesus. The scriptures, the prophecies that prophets laid out saying there is one coming who will rescue God's people. Who will rescue all people who would want to come to him. And they spoke of and pointed to Jesus. But today I'm wanting to close off this series by looking at perhaps a more surprising element that our own hearts point to Jesus. Our own hearts point to the Christ. Now, who's excited about Christmas lunch tomorrow? Can we just do a bit of research? Anyone excited? Okay, what have we got going on in the room? Who, have we got, how many turkeys in the room? I don't know, actually, my mother-in-law's cooking it. How many turkeys, I mean, not, literally, you're not turkeys. Who's eating turkey tomorrow? Hands up for turkey. Okay, not that many. Hands up for goose. Any goose, really? Quite fatty, no, Jeff, I thought. Okay, where, where, where do we go from here? Anyone having a duck? Is that a bit random? No ducks, yeah, no. One duck, two ducks. Well done, ladies. Very impressive. Where, what else have we got going on? Chicken? There's a chicken. There's, a, there's three, two, three chickens. Steak? Is that a bit weird to have steak? No, it's not, apparently. Well done. Enjoy that tomorrow. Um, what have I left out? Curry. Jonathan, are you having a curry? Anyone having a curry on Christmas Day? <laughs> Jonathan is. Enjoy that. What else? Lamb. Who's having lamb? Okay. And is, does anyone feel left out? What else is anyone having? Beef. A big one. Ridiculous. Beef. Fish. Thank you. A nut roast. Wonderful, Louise. Enjoy that. Okay. But we're all looking forward to our meal tomorrow, right? And we can all go a bit overboard. Anyone else guilty of going overboard? On, do we have any bread sauce fans? Can we just clear this up in the house? Who loves a bit of bread sauce on the side? Who thinks it's terrible enough the devil? Anyone? My, my in-laws, my, my wife's family, they'd never heard of it, South Africans. And I began importing it into the family. It's, a bit, it's still a bit on the edge. Um, but I've, I've bought it myself. I'm taking it tomorrow and I'm making it. But we can all be guilty, can't we, of eating a little bit too much, being a little bit greedy on Christmas Day for that turkey, for that cranberry sauce, for that mulled wine or other type of wine, whatever it might be, for that mince pie, that Christmas cake. But it is a feast after all. But if you're anything like me, greed can get the better of you. But I want to suggest today that we can also get greedy for other things. That our hearts at Christmas, why do we love Christmas so much? Well, I think it's because our hearts go after other things, good things, that deep down we get greedy for more peace, more love and connection with our families, with our loved ones, more joy and happiness, something to celebrate in this difficult and often dark world. We long for these good gifts, for a sense of connection, for there being an oasis in the storm, 
And we long for home. Christmas is often a time when we come together, isn't it? At home, with one another, with our families. And how we long that it would remain. We get greedy for those things because our hearts long for those things. But today I just want to talk for a few minutes on how the Christmas message speaks to that reality, to those longings. There's a verse in the Old Testament in the book of Ecclesiastes, in the book of Ecclesiastes that, that says that God has set eternity in the hearts of men and women. God has set eternity in our hearts. What does that mean? Well, it means that deep down we long for more. We embrace and we celebrate and we give thanks for everything that comes our way in this life. But we long for something more. We long for it not to end. Ultimately, we long for God to be connected to our Creator. C.S. Lewis, the, the author of um, The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, The Witch, The Wardrobe, etc., he said this once If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. Let me read that again. If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. So, so we get thirsty in this life, in this world, and there's water. We can satisfy our thirst. We get physically hungry because we're physical beings, and there's food that we can satisfy our physical hunger with. We have a need for, for love, for connection with other people, and we have relationships. God puts us in families, in communities. Hopefully we all have a friend or two we can turn to. But what about that spiritual thirst, that spiritual hunger that we each have deep down? I don't think you'd be here today if there wasn't something of that going on in you. If you didn't recognize that there was something more. But what about that thirst? How can we satisfy that? Because in all of our other experiences, it wouldn't make sense that it's not possible to satisfy that longing when, when we can satisfy all of our others. In other words, you could say we've got a God-shaped hole in our souls. What's the Robbie Williams line? It's just come to mind. It's showing my age now. It's about 30 years ago. 25, you know, there's a, there's a hole in my soul. You can see it in my face. It's a pretty big place. Anyone else remember that line? Any other Robbie fans? No one else remember that line? Thank you, Tom, going with me, taking the hit. But what we see in the Christmas story are others who share that longing that hunger, others whose hearts point to this baby boy. We see it in the shepherds. Now, in the Bible, in Bible times, the shepherds were something of outsiders. They were slightly roguish figures at times who were on the outskirts, the fringes of society, not, all, not always welcome in. So something in them must have longed to be included in community and to be part of God's people. Well, what do they get? My goodness. They get a choir of angels announcing this good news, don't they? 
saying, this child has been born in Bethlehem. Come and see. And so they head off there. And they see that it's actually happened. And we read that they leave glorifying and praising God and spreading the word wherever they went. Friends, let me tell you, you don't praise God. You don't glorify him. You don't sing unless your hearts are overflowing with joy. Amen? Isn't that right? We give thanks for, if you had a football game yesterday, any Arsenal fans, you know, we celebrate when that goal goes in first. We give thanks. And then Liverpool fans celebrate when the equaliser goes in. Don't they, Kevin? We overflow because there's something in our hearts that longs for it. Well, we see that in the shepherds. We see that in these wise men who some think were kings, and I think on the whole that's been discredited. But these kings who go to bend the knee to the king of kings. And their search, their pilgrimage is over as they present him with gifts. And they worship him. Doesn't that speak of a longing to go beyond themselves? To satisfy something that they know is there, something that they're waiting for? We see that in the wise men. We see it. In John the Baptist, when Mary is just pregnant with Jesus, goes up into the hill country to have some time out, a bit of retreat time, with her cousin Elizabeth, who happens to be pregnant at the same time with John the Baptist. Do you know what happens when the two of those women meet, pregnant with their babies? It says that John the Baptist, this unborn child in Elizabeth's womb, leaps for joy. Isn't that incredible? The first one, other than Mary, the first one who recognizes the coming of the Messiah is an unborn child. Even his heart at that point longed for Jesus to come. So friends, we see it throughout the Bible. We see it surrounding this story. People whose hearts are looking for, longing for good things. How about you today? I wonder what you come in here with on your heart, your mind today. What things you're looking for, longing for deep down that you thought, oh, they won't be met by church. You know, religion's been discredited. Christianity's been tried and found wanting. Just need to satisfy them with other things. And so we live in a world that tries to fill this hole with all kinds of other stuff. Naturally, with pain relief, with drink, with drugs, with mince pies, with our careers, with our belongings, with our money, even with other good things which we make God things, our families, our relationships. We try and fill that hole because we have these longings. But deep down, friends, don't we all long for connection? Well, the Christmas story brings good news of great joy for us today. Because it speaks of God taking on flesh, becoming one of us in Jesus Christ. And his name being Emmanuel, which means God with us. Do you ever feel alone? Do you ever feel left out? Do you ever feel like you're missing it and you're disconnected? Well, in the coming of Jesus Christ, God drew near to be God with us and alongside us, to be Emmanuel, so that we can always be connected. 
Do you long for guidance in your life? Do you feel a bit lost at times? Not sure what it's all about, not sure where you're going, not sure how it's going to end. Well, in, in Isaiah, one of these prophets, 700 years before Jesus, you know, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. You know that Christmas reading. He goes on to speak of some of the names of this child who would be born of the virgin. Prophesies that as well. But he says of this child that one of his names will be Wonderful Counselor. Do you need guidance in your life, friends? The claim is that in the birth of this baby boy, in the coming of Jesus Christ, a wonderful counselor has come into the world and that you and I can know him, go to him, listen to him because he's still alive today. Could you do with more strength today? Anyone? A bit more strength? It's been a tough year, hasn't it? 2023? Does 2024 look like it's going to get much better? Yes, yes, please. But we could do with some more strength, couldn't we? One of his names is Mighty God. Could you do with knowing that Mighty God today, this next year? His name is Jesus. Deep down, are you longing to come home? Are you longing for a community? We're a community here at St. Peter's. We'd love you to be more part of us in 2024. If you live locally, why not join in? We're all on this journey together, trying to make sense of life. All of us have a longing to come home. Isaiah speaks of one of his names being Everlasting Father. He is our Father in heaven. And he's everlasting, which means we can know him now and know him into eternity. It never need end. Friends, I can't tell you the joy that that brings you. When you know that, when you have that relationship, that connection, it just flows into you by the Holy Spirit. And it's on offer to you today, the invitation to come home, to know the Father, this everlasting Father. Finally, do you have a desire for peace? Do you wrestle with anxious thoughts, worries, fears? It's crippling, isn't it? Panic attacks. I mean, the data is staggering, terrifying, especially for young people, the world they're growing up into. Do you struggle with anxiety? Do you long for a deeper sense of peace? Well, Isaiah says that his name is the Prince of Peace. These are just a few of the things, folks, as I've come into land. A few of the things that make Christmas, this event, the birth of this baby, good news of great joy to all people. I think that's sometimes why we're slightly addicted to our phones, isn't it? Anyone else got a slight relationship issue with their phone? Anyone? Come on, work with me. Yeah? Some of you are looking at it right now. (laughs) What are we doing when we're just constantly gripped by this thing? I know we've got communication to do. We've got messages to send. We've got things to market and sell. There's all some of that good stuff, important stuff. But I wonder if something deeper is often going on. You see, I wonder if we don't sometimes look at our phones, look for that message, look for that notification, look for that like, 
because we're looking to satisfy these deepest longings within us. That somehow we're looking for good news of great joy on these wretched devices that are also such a blessing. And we're like, oh, well, there's a notification. What? Oh, gosh, no. Time and again, it comes up short, doesn't it? It doesn't satisfy. It doesn't bring good news of great joy. But there's one who did, and there's one who does. And his name is Jesus. And to all who welcome him, he brings these things into our lives. Friends, I just want to, as I close, just try and encourage you to recognize this is not strange. What we're doing here today is not weird. We are spiritual beings as much as we are physical beings. And there is a God who can satisfy that spiritual thirst. And to all who welcome him, we get it all. Everything we've spoken of and so much more. But there is one in the story, one who doesn't welcome him. And one who doesn't long for his coming. You might know the wider Christmas story. The one I speak of is King Herod. And why doesn't he welcome Jesus, this newborn baby boy? Well, I think it's simply because this boy was born to be king. And Herod didn't want to give up his throne. So instead of welcoming him, he sent an armed troop to slaughter any baby boy under the age of two years old in that whole region, trying to snuff out this threat to his throne. He wanted to keep the throne. So friends, as I close, let me ask you, where are you at this morning? Are you willing to welcome Jesus, the Christ, the King? Are you willing to yield the throne in your life, in your world, to him, the one who made us, the one who's worthy? Or are you looking to keep that throne for yourself? Because you can't have both. But all I'd encourage you with today, as I close, is that he's a good king. He's a loving king. He's a gracious king. And he welcomes each and every one of us. If we would just come to him and bend our knee and worship him. So look into your heart today and see whether along with the shepherds, the wise men, Mary and others, see if your heart itself isn't also pointing to this great moment, the birth of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's just be still for a moment and join together in a word of prayer. Lord, thank you for this hinge moment in history.
that history turns, as it's been said, history turns on the hinge. The hinge of history is on a stable door. On a stable door. Lord, would you speak to us? Would you, in your kindness, draw near to each one of us and show us how you came to meet with us? You came to rescue us. Your name is also Savior. And you came to bring us hope and satisfy our deepest longings. So would you come by your Holy Spirit? Rest on us now. Fill us now. Be born in us today. For we ask it in your mighty name.